Welcome to the Jesse Garcia Show, your half-hour home for politics, culture, and art. We come to you every Monday with a new story about your world. Today's guest is Paul Castillo, a senior attorney at Lambda Legal, the oldest and largest national legal organization fighting for the civil rights of the LGBTQ community and those with HIV. We'll hear about his incredible journey that led him to become part of a team that won marriage equality in the Supreme Court. I want to thank all of you following Jesse Garcia's show on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. For more information about the show, visit jessegarciashow.com. Attention DC listeners who love great stories. This year's Outspoken Festival will feature a night of real and true LGBTQ stories that will make you laugh, cry, and feel inspired. Save the date for this awesome storytelling event. Thursday, June 21st at 7 p.m. at the 930 Club, located at 815 B Street Northwest in Washington, D.C. Tickets are available today at storydistrict.org. That's storydistrict.org. And here's your weekly news update. In less than 30 days, Pride Month will be commemorated throughout the nation, and our nation's capital will host its very own Latinx celebration. Four events are being hosted by the Latino GLBT History Project, a nonprofit 501c3 organization founded in 2000 that addresses the critical need to preserve and educate the community about Latinx LGBTQ history in the Washington, D.C. area. The first event, La Fe, takes place Saturday, June 2nd from 5 to 7 at the Metropolitan Community Church located at 474 Ridge Street Northwest. We will have a faith ceremony followed by a community discussion that will include yours truly as a guest panelist. Admission is free. The next free event is a Latinx LGBTQ history walking tour taking place Sunday, June 3rd at 3 p.m. Participants should meet in the Adams Morgan neighborhood outside of SunTrust Bank on the corner of Columbia Road and 18th Street Northwest. The tour will be in English and Spanish and led by Latino GLBT History Project founder Jose Gutierrez. On Wednesday, June 6, the project will host La Platica, which focuses on resources available to the older LGBTQ community in regards to financial security, health, and housing. This free event will be held at Shaw Library, located at 1637 7th Street Northwest, starting at 5.30 p.m. And finally, get ready to party at La Fiesta, being held on Thursday, June 7th at Town Dance Boutique, located at 2009 8th Street Northwest. Doors open at 9 p.m. 18 and up are invited, and there's a cover charge of $15 at the door. I'll be there. Look for me. Buy me a Bud Light. For more information about all these events, visit www.latinoglbthistory.org. That's www.latinoglbthistory.org. Paul Castillo goes to work every day finding ways to make people equal. His job at Lambda Legal includes taking cases that protect marriage equality and same-sex relationships. His work also makes sure employment fairness is applied to everyone. 
and he combats discrimination aimed at transgender individuals, people living with HIV, and LGBTQ students. Paul hopes to inspire future legal professionals with his story and by sharing his great cases that contributed to the legalization of same-sex marriage in the United States. I want to welcome to the podcast a modern civil rights legend, a personal hero, and a great friend of mine from Texas. We've known each other almost eight years, Mr. Paul Castillo, who works for Lambda Legal, which has been doing great work for quite some time. Mr. Paul, have you always wanted to be a lawyer? Well, actually, I did not know I wanted to become a lawyer. Um, I didn't see many lawyers, much less Latino lawyers who existed around me. And also, you know, I was struggling with my own identity and coming out as gay at my at while I was going to college. Mm-hmm. And I actually um, struggled to graduate from undergrad. So being a lawyer wasn't even on my radar screen. I was dealing with coming out. Um, my uncle had just passed away from AIDS. Um, and so I was dealing with other issues. A lot of issues that all of us growing up, that it, it just it put like mental blocks sometimes, thinking, God, what is our life going to be turning out if we come out as gay? Absolutely. I had the same feelings, yeah. Uh, absolutely. And uh, so it was just uh, a moment of I had to at least graduate. I, I, I you know, I had this goal. I, I needed to achieve that. I just needed to be able to graduate. And that was sort of my focus back mm-hmm. then. And it wasn't until years later um, with the encouragement of mentors and, and people who support you, who encourage you when I thought going back to school would be a good thing for me. Where'd you go? So I went to Cleveland State University um, in Ohio. And um, I didn't even know, even right before then, that I was going to apply to law school. I thought I was going to go get an MBA or something like that. Um, And my boss at the time, uh, who was a lawyer, said, have you ever thought about law school? And that was the moment that you know, I started seriously thinking about going and applying, um, and and you know, I I excelled in law school, and so you found your passion. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, the law is is something that is very powerful, um, and it it makes um, progress possible in it's ways. A gr- it's sort of like an equalizer. Absolutely, and and our constitution. Um, just has so much beauty and power, um, and it is written for people who are underserved. Um, and so I, I knew once I was in law school that this is what I was sort of born to do. Um, and it was the people who pushed me and the people who surrounded me and supported me that made all the difference in the world. Otherwise, I don't think I would have ever been you know, an attorney or practicing law. Lambda Legal is a good organization that's been fighting the good fight for some time. I always tell people, yes, support 
political candidates who are progressive and support your rights. But don't forget to donate to our legal professionals who are winning our rights in the courthouse. Our nation's greatest civil rights victories have never been decided at the ballot box, but in a courtroom. Very rarely has the majority ever afforded the LGBT community any rights by popular vote. How is it working at Lambda Legal and what brought you to Lambda Legal? So Lambda Legal is uh, the oldest and largest national legal organization committed to the civil rights of LGBT individuals and people living with HIV. Uh, they've been uh, a part of perhaps uh, all the major landmark cases that have gone before the Supreme Court from Lawrence versus Texas, um, which struck down uh, the laws prohibiting us for having same-sex relationships and being gay and being who we are, um, all the way to um, the most recent marriage wins and victories. And, and so Lambda Legal, uh, you know, given its history and all the wonderful things that it's accomplished across the country was, you know, to have the opportunity to um, work with some such brilliant minds who have been um, sort of in the trenches and, and fighting uh, with legal victories that have made such an impact on so many lives. It was a privilege just to, you know, uh, have the opportunity to work alongside, you know, these people who are making change across the country. You got to make history yourself. Before the marriage equality ruling in 2015 by the Supreme Court, you had to go to the state of Indiana and fight gay marriage ban there. Tell us about going up against Mike Pence in Indiana while he was governor to win the right for couples to get married. So, yes, when I joined Lambda Legal, it was right after... Uh, the United States versus Windsor decision, which struck down federal uh, Defense of Marriage Act and required the federal government to recognize, you know, same-sex couples. But we were fighting, you know, battles in state by state. And Indiana, as part of our big marriage project strategy, was sort of next on the list. And I must have been there for about six months when the marriage project director um, asked me if I'd be willing to lead uh, uh, the lawsuit in Indiana, a lawsuit ultimately called Baskin versus Bogan. Um, so um, we had uh, four same-sex couples who wanted to marry in Indiana, eventually joined a fifth couple uh, who wanted their out-of-state marriage recognized in the state of Indiana. And uh, going up against a governor who we knew was not going to, you know, sit down with one court decision. It, you know, he was going to fight it all the way to the U.S. Supreme Court if he had to. And Because this is an individual, before we found people knew him as our current vice president, he was totally ingrained in the anti-gay, anti-LGBT movement. I mean, when people needed to say, who are the people that are against us, that are our governors, his name would pop up. So you had to go to battle with this guy because this guy was the go-to guy for all the hate groups that wanted to take us down. They would point to him. 
Yeah, and 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 but what made the lawsuit powerful was the stories of the couples that were our plaintiffs in Indiana. Um, the the one couple that sort of stood out in that lawsuit was Amy Sandler and Nikki Kwasny, who were married in Massachusetts. And Nikki um, had found out that she had ovarian cancer. And um, they had two little girls. Um, and she was getting to a point where she had to think about the future for her girls and 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 just to be a part of something bigger um and so uh we ultimately won at the district court at the at the trial court level there in indiana on their turf um and then uh unsurprisingly um they appealed that decision to the Seventh Circuit, which is based out of Chicago. Um, and during that time, even though uh, they asked, you know, the courts to hold the decision until it got appealed, um, we went back into court and fought for continued recognition of Amy and Nikki, um, and won that as well. So even though we were, you know, battling up, you know, towards the towards the Supreme Court they were the first couple to be recognized in the state of Indiana. Um, oh. I remember when the news came out and I read the article. I was happy because of that, but I was so happy to know, to see your name there. Because I said, I know that guy. And the Castillo there, a gay Latino, kicking ass, winning for the cause, made me feel so proud. Thank you for that. Thank you for that moment that you gave us back then. But continue. Uh, you had to go up. In Chicago? To Chicago, and we ultimately won there with a, a sort of a, a powerful, unanimous decision, the first in the in the country at that point. Um, and, of course, they appealed to the U.S. Supreme Court. We thought that might be the case yeah. um, that won the freedom to marry for, for the country. But you had told me that there were several states that were already being considered. Right. So, you know, there there are other states that are still, you know, fighting their own, you know, marriage bans. Um, and the Supreme Court decided because it was a win for us that they weren't going to take up that case. I was also um, at the same time um, not only continuing to fight Mike Pence um, and because right after that happened, he proposed what was called SB 101 which would have permitted religious-based refusals for discrimination mm -hmm. to organizations, businesses, and individuals. They could turn away gay couples at the bake shop and so on and so on. They, they could refuse it. Gay, gay and lesbian couples. Absolutely. And, and, you know, it wasn't as if he might have lost the fight on marriage, but he continued to find ways to try and discriminate against, you know, gay and lesbian and, and transgender people all across the state. And, and, and so Lambda Legal and a few other organizations took him to task. And uh, ultimately, uh, Senate Bill 101 was defeated in the form that it was at, although it was still watered down. So it wasn't unexpected that we we know what type of work he's doing on a national level as the vice president of the United States. And we got to prepare. 
tell us about you got to be in the Supreme Court when the marriage ruling was being decided in 2015. Tell us about your experience there. It, definitely a, a surreal personal experience for, for me. Um, not that many lawyers who decide to go into this profession get to argue before or get to sit in that very important courtroom. Absolutely. Many cases are decided and you can go your entire career as an attorney and never get close to being in the United States Supreme Court before with a case that you're involved in. And, and at the time, I was licensed in the state of Ohio, um, brought a case um, fighting, you know, uh, marriage, uh, the marriage ban there, um, again, went up the chain and ultimately uh, was consolidated with the other states in that region um, and ultimately made it under, uh, it's called Obergefell versus Hodges, mm-hmm. um, that uh, I had the opportunity amongst, you know, all the other lawyers for the other, you know, that fought the other state bans. Um, but to be uh, a Latino um, in a profession that I never thought, you know, was part of my destiny. That um, and I was the only you know Texan because you know. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, it, it was amazing thing and 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 to see you know how thoughtful the judges were. Uh, taking it. Um, Who asked the most questions? Do you remember? <laughs> that that's a tough one. Um, I think um, we know it's not Clarence Thomas. No, absolutely, <laughs> a, a, absolutely he not. Never speaks. Um, but you know, I I think all eyes were on Justice Kennedy. Of course, the swing vote. Generally, the swing vote, but he has actually written all the landmark decisions that involve. Uh, gay people, you know, so um, we wanted to, um, you know, appeal to him. And and his whole thing is about equal dignity. Mm-hmm. And that's really what this case was about, the dignity and the lives and the ramifications of people who are just trying to love one another, raising families, living their lives without being discriminated against. And, and so to come out of you know, the oral arguments and still not know how it was going to turn out until a couple months later. I was outside with hundreds of people sitting on pins and needles waiting to hear something. It was just, it was such a beautiful time, but it's also so like the best and worst time because you don't know how it was going to go. So we're out there with our vigils, but y'all managed to deliver a win in June. Yeah, I mean, it was uh, exhilarating to to know that, you know, what he, we had been and many, many others had been fighting for for several years. I mean, a lot of people just heard about, you know, the marriage cases as they was coming to the end. But there were, were long, hard fought battles um, for decades before we got to this moment. And so to be present when that ultimately uh, came down, the decision came down was you know a, a source of joy and pride and and validation for everybody in America um, to be able to love and be their authentic selves. 
Amazing. I still remember all of us texting each other, working in DC offices, saying, "Are you going to go? Are you going to go this morning? Do you think they'll announce it in the morning?" So we were all trying to like just trying to find each other when we got there. It was such a big crowd, people that were for, people that were against waiting going trying to go through that crowd trying to find your 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 friends and there was so much media it was just an amazing day a red letter day in history oh my god i mean yeah i i think it's very uh not very often that you get to witness um such a a landmark decision by the american history right it it was it, it it is history um but even though we have secured the freedom to marry. Uh, it doesn't stop us from our work. Lambda Legal has to continue because not only are they, uh, you know, they're trying uh, to chip away at it absolutely, already. Absolutely, you know, um, you know. Can you tell us uh, about some of the cases you're working on right now? So the one of the cases that I'm working on is is on behalf of a transgender student. Uh, in the state of Florida, who has uh, been prohibited from using the restroom consistent with his gender identity, he you know he was using the boys' restroom when he first started school for about six weeks until they told him that he could no longer use uh, the boys' restroom. And to give you some to give our listeners some context. On the last year of Obama's presidency, he issued guidance to the Department of Education. Well, the Department of Education, you know, issued guidance to school districts telling them this is how you can make things easier for transgender students. It was already accepted. It was something that was being implemented throughout the United States. Within the first two months of the Trump presidency, he rescinded all that. Absolutely. In February... Um, he rescinded the the guidance that basically explained what the law requires. And the law requires um, not to discriminate on somebody based on their sex, their gender identity, um, and to be treated. You know, our client, Drew Adams, wants to be treated for the boy he is. Um, So we went to trial, uh, the first trial in the country, involving a transgender student in December of uh, 2017. So, um, you know, there have been some decisions uh, that came up before trial that made its way to the Supreme Court, but they, because of the, the rescission of the guidance, they, they knocked it back down. So, it, so we had to sort, sort of start all over again. Um, but this was the first trial in the country involving a transgender student. Uh, a, a week-long trial, and uh, so we're still waiting a de- on a decision on that. And so this June, you should hear something. I think um, we should hear something uh, probably midsummer is my, is my guess. But uh, we're w- win or lose, we're going to appeal that decision, and and one of these cases will make it uh, perhaps again uh, before the Supreme Court to be able to resolve. Um, this, this question once and for all, because students in the meantime are being discriminated uh, against, they're suffering, you know, it causes them great anxiety, depression. Um, they're not permitted to be who they are. Tell us, uh, Lu- uh, Lambda Legal is nonprofit. 
It survives on the kindness of strangers. <laughs> How can people help Lambda Legal achieve their goals? Well, uh, go to uh, our website, uh, lambdalegal.org. Um, there is certainly uh, ways to donate, um, but there's also ways to participate in your local communities and let people know uh, the, the work that Lambda Legal does, You know the cases that have... Um, gotten us through the courts um, when we couldn't, you know, rely on state legislators to to make change in the law. You know, we protect and defend and push back on, you know, um, this administration in particular. Um, but yes, it, you know, the work is not free, and we do the work because of our donors. Now, for people that need legal assistance. It's not your personal lawyer, right? You work on the bigger cases. We encourage people who have been faced with discrimination in their local jurisdiction, county or city, to address it with the local civil rights organ, uh, civil rights office of the city and county first before they call you. Correct? Well, they can call. They can contact Lambda Legal. We have a help desk that is staffed that will provide referrals depending on the situation that is at hand of, of, of people we know who are competent in that area and might uh, be able to assist. Um, and, and doing that will direct you know, uh, individuals to resources that may be on our website that can help you address your question. And in, in some cases, you're right, we don't, we're not like a law firm in that we uh, take everybody's case but in some cases uh, uh, many cases that have been landmark cases have first come through our help desk um, so uh, I do encourage people to get the information and they can count come to us through our help desk we have an online forum we can reach out to them and, and talk to them uh, and be able to point them in the right direction you know if we if we don't ultimately take their case but when we do take cases it's because we think we can help many people through that one case make change that's going to help everybody. One last question. What advice do you have to aspiring lawyers out there that are thinking about going into the legal profession? I think for um, lawyers or even aspiring lawyers um, that they should not give up. Um, and it's okay to fail. I mean, my example is one of those stories where you don't have to get it all right. Um, that when you falter, you can pick yourself up and do great things. Um, and so surround yourself with good mentors. You know, talk to people, do great things um, in your in your capacity. If you're one of those people who already knows, you know, um, Continue the work and the path that you're on, but but again, you know, sometimes for for some of us, we take the the long and winding road. <laughs> but if it leads to a place where you can help other people and and become the lawyer and serve, you know, your clients, uh, and and perhaps you're in, interested in public uh, interest and 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 um, serving uh, those who are underserved. Um, then that's, uh, you know, continue on that path. And it's all worth it. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, thank you so much, Paul, for, 
Paul for being on the show. I greatly appreciate appreciate you and your work. Thank you very much, Jesse. I mean, uh, you know, your work also is an incredible resume. So um, it, it takes a village yeah. to do this work. And so uh, if you're out there, just try to leave the world a better place. Thank you.